looking to dive into topics on how to live a happier, healthier, more fit, and long lifespan, then you've come to the right podcast. Living the dream with me, Coach Damian Evans. Together, we will explore the topics on all things health, fitness, and wellness. Together, we will be lifelong learners on this journey to living the ultimate dream. What up, dream team? Coach D here coming at you with another growth mini-sode. This will be a bite-sized episode with the goal of setting a growth-minded intention and focus for the upcoming week. Each mini-sode is going to offer a quote that encapsulates the theme of the week. And after the quote, we're going to dive into a weekly focus, something small that we can concentrate on for the following seven days. As well as we're going to touch on a physical activity and a nutritional tip that will better assist us in working towards a more healthy and optimal way of living our own dream life. And each mini-sode is going to end with the recommendation for the week. The recommendation could be anything from a podcast, a book, an article, a paper, anything that I think is going to help better educate ourselves toward the overall focus of the week. And if this is your first time listening to a mini-sode, the goal is to listen on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday to be ready to start the challenges of the week on Monday. So listen to just one mini-sode every week. And as that week finishes, move on to the next week's mini-sode. I mean, you can start all the way over at mini-sode number one, or you can join up with the team right now. These mini-sodes will only be as beneficial to you as you're willing to make them. So if you're playing along with the weekly focuses or the physical activity and nutrition tips, it'll help you be much more successful to do this with someone in your life. So grab an accountability buddy and share on your social media platforms the challenges of the week. You never know who is going to be quietly watching and rooting for you. And you never know whose life you will truly inspire just by sharing your journey, both the challenges and the successes. You're going to be far more likely with a support system and a social network to be successful. Get someone that's chasing similar fitness goals as you and do this with them. And as you work on making your life healthier and you motivate your network through your positive actions and your lifestyle choices, the ripple effect, it's unimaginable with who will be touched by you motivating and posting, and including others in your journey. So let's dive into this week's growth mini-sode. This week's quote comes from author Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson said, Can you imagine yourself in 10 years if, instead of avoiding the things you know that you should do, you actually did them every single day? That's powerful. Can you imagine yourself in 10 years if, instead of avoiding the things that you know that you should do, you actually did them every single day. That's powerful. And for those of you that know me, you know that I'm almost obsessive about this topic. I know for a fact that when it comes to your brain, your body, your mind, pretty much everything, if you don't use it, you are going to lose it. And I personally take that very seriously. I think about what are the things that I want to be doing when I'm older? What are the things that I that I encounter throughout my day that I used to be able to do, and now I'm having a harder time doing it? Some things I'm okay with losing. Do I care if I can scream at the top of my lungs or sing very well? Do I care if I can do long division? Do I care if I can control a vehicle going 100 miles per hour down the open road? No, I don't really care about those things at all. But do I care if I can, let's say, jump, jump over a fence if I had to? Do I care if I can dead hang and hold my entire body weight up for a period of time? Do I care if I can sprint? Do I care if I can remember names and important memories with my relationships? 
Do I care if I can get up off the floor without using my hands, without pain? You bet your bottom dollar that I do. Those are all things that are extremely important to me. And I want to be able to do those things when I'm 50, when I'm 60, when I'm 80, and when I'm on the last years of my life. Those are my things, my things that I want to do. Do they have to be the same as yours? Of course not. But this is where you should take a moment and think about the things that you want to be able to do. There are things right now that you do that you want to be able to maintain for the rest of your life. What are those things? There are also things that you used to be able to do that you currently are not able to anymore. Would you love to be able to do those again? What are those things for you? And there are things that you never have been able to do, things that you wish you could do both now and in your future. What are those things for you? Now, if we are honest with ourselves when considering these things, it's highly likely that today is the most likely day for you to start doing these things for your best results. And what I mean by that is, let's use an example in my life to drive this point home. I used to be able to throw a baseball pretty far. At my high school, I could throw from home plate and get the ball to hit the back fence in the outfield. Now, every time I throw a ball or a rock currently, like something in nature or whatever it is, it's like I throw my shoulder out. Did I lose the strength to throw that object? Well, the answer is no. I might be the strongest that I've ever been in my life, but I lost the skill of throwing for power. Why? Because I don't think I've thrown something for power consistently for like the last decade. The muscles in the back of my shoulder complex are strong when it comes to bodybuilding style lifting. I could lift all day, but ask those soft tissues in my and my central nervous system to throw for power, and it's like I've never done it before. If you don't use it, you lose it. But today is most likely the best day for me to start throwing if I want to be better at throwing in the future, right? Am I more likely to be able to throw like I did in high school if I start practicing today or if I wait for the new year or if I wait until I turn 40? It's plausible that I could regain the ability to throw for any of those options, but the longer that I wait, the weaker my shoulder gets and the weaker my chances of regaining that skill become. So if that is a goal for myself, if I want to be able to throw an object for power for long distances in my future without throwing my shoulder out, I shouldn't wait to start practicing that skill until the time when I really need it because it will be exponentially harder for it to happen. Not impossible, of course, but just way more challenging. Studies show that if you can hold your entire body weight in a dead hang, if you can hang from something for longer than 30 seconds, you will have a better quality of life in your advanced age. Studies also show that if you can get off the floor without using your hands and without pain, you will live a longer life and health span than those who can't. Studies show that if you can practice memorization and do brain drills when you're younger, that you will have a huge reduction in the odds of you getting degenerative brain diseases like dementia, Alzheimer's. Can you imagine yourself in 10 years if instead of avoiding the things that you know you should do, you actually just did them every single day? That is powerful. So this week's weekly focus, let's consider the things that you can do right now that you want to be able to do in your life. 
later on in your advanced age. Let's consider the things that you also can't do right now. You're not able to do right now that you need to be able to do at the end of your life, or at least that you really would love to be able to do. And we are going to be implementing those things into your daily routine every single day this week. And hopefully every single day for the rest of your life. For me, anytime I'm on the ground, I get up off the floor every single time without using my hands. Even when I'm tired, even when I don't want to, even when it's weird, even when it's in a a, a awkward situation with a bunch of people watching me, I do it. I sit in a deep squat also for probably more than about, I would say more than an hour every single day if I added up all the times that I'm in a deep squat together. I, I hang every opportunity that I get. If I ever come against something that I can reach up and grab and hang on to and it's in the right moment, I'll do it just to play. And then I also practice memorizing every single person's name that I meet. Those are just some non-negotiables for me. Those are things that I do because I tell myself that I'm going to do those every single day. Those are the things that I will not compromise in my everyday routine. Now, some things that I don't do as well that I struggle with, those would be like reading. I rarely ever read anymore. That's not to say that I can't read. I can read, but I don't sit down and really read a book. When I read, I read slow. And I and when I read, I read and then I forgot what I read. And then I either fall asleep or I just get bored. I struggle with my speed of reading and it's kind of frustrating because I know that I could listen to a podcast or an audiobook on double the speed and I could retain that information and save time and I can stack it with other things that I'm doing. So is that something that I want to be able to have? I don't know. Another thing that I am not really that good at is sprinting. I'm not a super fast sprinter. Now I can run and I can sprint, of course, and I can play pretty good on the basketball court, but I've never really been a super fast sprinter or had great foot speed and agility, but it's something that I really wish that I had, and I know that it would benefit me. So is that something that I should practice? Maybe that's what I'm going to be putting in my week next week. What are your things? What are the things on your list? The key is to start slow, of course, just like anything that we've talked about, and become consistent with your practice. Consistency over intensity. Now, for me, even if I just read one page a day or do five minutes of foot agility and sprints, the body and the brain will realize that these are skills that need to be kept and strengthened. Maybe four months from now, I increase to two pages a day and 10 minutes of foot speed and agility work. It doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be reinforced consistently. Consider how that you can implement your skills into your daily routine. Can you stack them with something that you already do in order to make it a habit for you? Can you make it fun? That's super important. Can you really embrace the reward of knowing that you're setting yourself up for a more capable independent, more fulfilling future, that's what's going to keep you motivated to keep doing these things on a daily basis. And what's the other side of the coin? Rather than allowing your scope of things that you can do just to narrow and narrow and narrow until you're stuck, instead, you could allow your scope of things to stay open and wide and allow you to have options as you age and enjoy all the things that this life has to offer. I want to know what skills you plan on reinforcing. Let me know what your strategies are going to be and let me know if I can offer assistance in any way. This week's physical activity tip. In weightlifting, there's a term used to describe the most important foundational movements. 
you should be doing and strengthening for the rest of your life. This is called the big four. And the big four refers to the four biggest compound lifts that you could do. The squat, the hinge or the deadlift, the overhead press, and the pull or the or the row. So squat, hinge, push, and pull. If all you ever trained were these four movements for the rest of your life, you'd be a strong, capable human being and could maintain a great physique for the most part with just these lifts. So for the squat, this movement is probably the easiest to train anywhere. There are many options depending on where you are and what equipment you have. Obviously, if you have access to barbells and dumbbells, that's great. You could do barbell back squats or front squats. You could do dumbbell or even kettlebell, goblet squats, double-sided suitcase squats, or tons of other variations. If you don't have access to those, you could easily grab, let's say, a backpack and load it up with canned goods or a gallon of water. You could load it on your back or your front load. Uh, you could even do body weight squats, of course, as a last resort, and then add variations to make it more or less challenging. Then the deadlift. The deadlift is just a little trickier because it usually requires a pretty good load, but it doesn't have to. Barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells are definitely the easiest. Do a little hip hinge deadlift, but you could also MacGyver a duffel bag or a heavy box or, or any type of object that you can hinge with and practice your deadlift with. In everyday life, we, we pick things up off the floor and usually we bend it our low back to pick it up. So practicing with a hinge is super important. You could even do it unloaded. Unloaded, you could do a single leg deadlift with just your body weight or hold a random household item in your hand while you do it. So the deadlift is a little trickier, but not impossible. The overhead press, this is considered the squat of the upper body. It can be done standing or seated. It can be done with pretty much anything to add weight. And a great substitute for an overhead press, if you don't have anything to press over your head, is a body weight push-up. A great pushing variation. You could do slightly different variations, but it, it, these are wonderful things that you can do for your pressing movements. And the last of the big four would be considered to row or pull, the pull or the row. So a movement like a pull-up would be the gold standard here, which of course a pull-up is very tough for most people to even do just one, let alone train the movement for multiple sets. But you could use a band to assist yourself. You could use a step below you or a chair to be able to just use a little bit of lower body help to get you up to the bar. Or you could even do what's called an inverted row. If you find a horizontal bar somewhere that's maybe like three feet off the ground, I've done these on um, playgrounds. I've done these in the parks where you can find handrails. I've done these in the gym. If you take a squat rack and you take the squat rack from not the squat position, not the, not the chest press position, but if you take it all the way down to like two or three feet off the floor, lower than a squat and a press bench press position, you could grab it, get underneath the bar, grab it palms facing up or palms facing down, and then row your body in a plank chest up to the bar. That is a great pulling variation. And of course, you could even do barbell bent over rows or dumbbell rows and, and just really focus on all the pulling muscles in your back and your arms. Now, the reason I bring up the big four is because if all you ever did was pick just one movement every day to practice and train in whatever way that you can, you'd be set up for success when it comes to your overall fitness, health, and even your aesthetics, the way that you look. Maybe on Monday, all you do is practice squats. Let's say you have 30 minutes to go to the gym. Awesome. You can do some barbell and dumbbell squats, but maybe throughout the rest of the day, you can do body weight squats. 
or different squat variations in your office and home as a way to break up your sedentary hours. So Monday is squats, maybe Tuesday, then you pick an upper body press. Maybe you have 30 minutes to go to the gym and you do some overhead barbell presses or dumbbell presses. And then throughout the rest of your day, you pick a couple of times where you just go into the office and and shut the door and you do some push-ups or maybe you have some bands that you can do and you could do some presses with the band. You could pick anything in your household to just press overhead. Great, great ways to be able to strengthen your shoulders, your upper body, all those pressing muscles in the chest, the shoulders, and the triceps. If it's Tuesday's press, maybe Wednesday you go back to the lower body and you do deadlift day. And all day you just work on hinging. You have some barbell deadlifts in the gym. You maybe do some single leg deadlifts with an object in your hand at home or in the office. You could do a very regressed form of a hinge, which is laying on the ground on your back and do some glute bridges on the floor. This can be done anywhere at any time. It hits the backside just with a little less load than usual with those hinging exercises. And then the next day you're working on practicing your form of rowing or pull-up variations. You honestly don't need to make it more complicated than that. You could add these four foundational movements to your daily routine on top of any group fitness program that you do as well. Let's say you do three group fitness sessions a week. Those are usually full body and there's usually some cardio-based programming in there. But let's say you do those and then The other days of the week, you could practice those four foundational big four lifts. You don't have to do anything super crazy. Maybe four or five times throughout the day, you just do 20 reps of one of the big four movements just to practice the skill and to give your body much needed movement from those sedentary hours that you're sitting all the time. You could make it a rule that every time you work in your office for an hour, you get up and you do 20 squats or 20 push-ups or 20 alternating toe touches or 20 banded rows. Or every time you come across a set of stairs, once you climb the stairs, you do some reps of whatever focus you want to do at the top or the bottom of the stairs. Every time you're on a phone call, you break it up with some movement. You could be on a phone call literally doing these movements at the same time. If all you ever did for the rest of your life were these four basic fundamental movements, practicing and strengthening, you would be one awesome 80, 90, or 100-year-old. Moving on to this week's nutrition tip, it's all about being smart with your eating budget. Is eating healthy expensive? Well, I guess it depends on how you look at it and what you're purchasing. The first thing that I like to tell people is, yes, if you simply break down the cost of healthy eating by going to the store and looking at the price of, let's say, a cup of noodles and then a price of an avocado, then yes, the cup of noodles is going to be like 25 cents and the avocado is going to be like $25. Okay, well, maybe not that much, but you know what I'm saying here. Avocados are way too expensive for what they are. But you also have to put into account eating unhealthy food in the long term has dramatic impacts on your health that you end up paying more for in medical costs, in days that you're sick and you're unable to work, in negative moods that impact your performance and your relationships. There are just so many downstream effects that come from unhealthy eating that it's crazy. But that's not really the point of today's tip. The point of today's tip is that there's lots, there's tons of healthy eating options out there that are more cost efficient than some of the other healthy eating options. The good news is, is that there are definitely ways to make it more affordable just by altering your selections. So things like skipping the latest trendy superfood and 
not overdoing your budget on supplements or skipping buying the most exotic fruits that aren't even in season. These things can definitely keep your budget in check. Also buying in bulk, buying more affordable cuts of meat and choosing the cheaper price of, let's say, produce. These are all different ways that you can eat healthy on a budget. Your health is definitely worth the extra investment, of course, but we can be smart about it if we want to be cost efficient for whatever reason. So here are some examples of the more expensive selections. If you were to think about juices from the juice shops or like stores like Jimbo's, these things can be all the way up to like $10 for one or two servings of squeezed juice. Instead, just buy the fruits that are in that juice separately. Yes, it's more work for you, but with those juices, you're missing out on all the fiber. Sometimes there's added sugar. It's just not the way to go unless you're looking to add weight, of course. Like this is what I do to give people a suggestion when they're trying to add on weight and if you have extra spinning cash. Avocados seem to be the world's most expensive fruit, even though the damn thing just falls off a tree. How can a burger from a fast food place cost less than a dollar? When when think of how many people and how many middlemen are involved to come together to make that one burger. Think of all that's involved to get that burger into your hands. It's insane. Yet an avocado falls from a tree, gets put in a truck and goes straight to the store. There's something seriously wrong with this picture. Anyways, maybe pass on the avocados to save some cash and you could substitute it for maybe something cheaper, spinach, broccoli, bananas, oranges, carrots, so much cheaper. Eggs are a superfood in themselves and they're great for the price. So eggs are huge. And even if you have to go the canned route, there's canned diced tomatoes, which I'm not a big fan of tomatoes, but yeah, there's canned diced tomatoes, there's canned beans. This is a cheap way that you can keep your diet healthy. Some more expensive items that you might want to avoid are those packaged dried fruits at the health food stores. Even though I love dried fruits, they're always on the expensive side. Same with jerky. Maybe you can avoid those really expensive cuts of meat like the fillets. Yes, while amazing and great and super a good treat for you, if your budget is a concern, you got to substitute that out for, let's say, some ground beef. Ground beef or ground turkey, much cheaper. Or you could buy uh, chicken in bulk. Costco always has great chicken breasts and chicken thighs for a great cost. And I personally, I love potatoes. You can buy the bigger baker or russet kind. Or you can even go the mini potatoes route or sweet potatoes. If you're on a budget, these are super filling. And if you cook them the right way, they can be great for you. I mean, if you cook them the wrong way, sometimes they can be quite unhealthy for you. But I guess that's with anything, of course. Really, the point here is saying healthy food is too expensive is just a way of making excuses. The real cost is long-term health. But even take that out of the equation with a little bit of planning and a little bit of creativity you could spend far less on good-for-you healthy foods than going out and eating fast food restaurants every night or buying all those highly processed, highly palatable snacks that you just keep in your uh, cupboard. What are your favorite low-cost healthy foods? I'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions that I can share on the next episode or even post on social media. Tag me or message me and let me know. And lastly, this week's recommendation is to check out a book and a podcast episode with a really interesting man. His name is Michael Easter. Michael Easter is the author of the book, 
The Comfort Crisis. He's also a contributing editor of the Men's Health magazine and a professor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, the UNLV. This podcast episode I would love for you to check out is an interview he did on the Ultimate Health Podcast with Jesse Chappas. Now, episode number 441, and it's labeled, Too Much Comfort is Destroying Your Health and What to Do About It. Now, the book, The Comfort Crisis, is all about how embracing discomfort will help reclaim your wild, happy, healthy self. And I really love his viewpoints. I strongly believe that just decades ago, this information wasn't even necessary. But we now have it pretty easy, comparably, of course. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I love easy things and I love the way our life is set up right now. It's great. It leaves time for us to really create amazing things that we never could have dreamed of. But there are consequences to never facing true challenges, true discomfort, true adversity. So being able to kind of manufacture a little bit of that in your life could have some life-changing benefits. I'll include the link to Michael Easter's po podcast and book in the description of this mini-sode. Check them out and let me know what you learn and what you get from it. And that's it, my friends, for this week's growth mini-sode. Each week, we're going to focus on something new and dial in a different aspect of physical activity and nutrition. Share with your friends and family and hold each other accountable. Post on your social media stories when you implement those things that you want to do forever into your daily routine. Post a video of you knocking out one of your big four movements this week or share some of your low-cost health food with your network and make sure you tag me and share your journey. Let me know if you have any suggestions or tips that will help your Living the Dream team that I can discuss on future episodes. I will be right here with you working on making us stronger, happier, and healthier humans. Until next time, friends, keep living the dream.